Hey, buddy, do you like to swing? Come with me. You're listening to Emma Claire, the best of all things swinging at Prohibition Radio. Radio, radio, radio. Hello, I'm Emma Claire, and welcome to the Prohibition Radio Show. It's September, and we are into the third month of our brand new interview a series where we speak to some of electro swings best loved djs and producers this month it is the turn of the uk's jamie berry uh, now jamie is super busy um, holding down a job as a music teacher um, producing awesome music and also being a dad so it's been really hard to pin him down um, i'm really excited though we've managed to do it um, just in time uh, for the release of his new ep actually um coming out on the 25th of september um, it's called prohibition you guys heard it here first um, we do kind of briefly talk about that in the interview as well as some interesting things including sandwiches what am i on about i hear you ask well we best dive straight in but before we do that i just need to let you know if you are looking for the music show uh, then you need to head over to youtube or mixcloud forward slash prohibition mcr <laughs> Prohibition Radio, coming live and direct from Manchester, England. Yes, winging. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for speaking to the Prohibition Radio show. Hi, yeah. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. Um, I know there's loads of people that are super excited about this interview. Um, lots of the Prohibition regulars are big fans of yours, but for people that don't know who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how and where did it all begin? Yeah, so I'm, uh, well, put in the electro swing category, producer, DJ. Uh, the, the kind of, the inception of it all started with my granddad who's a classically trained pianist mm. and he also plays like swing music and stuff so he kind of got me into playing the piano and it all kind of just kind of snowballed from there I just became obsessed with music um played guitar in a bunch of bands when I was a teenager and then uh, I studied music production at university um in Leeds and kind of met a bunch of people there who kind of got me into making music on a computer mm-hmm. most notably a guy called Alan Bluestone he's like he's kind of like probably the biggest trance producer in the world right now. Oh, and nice. he, he showed me how to like make music on a computer. Mm-hmm. And from then just obsessed, obsessed with making kind of like anything, uh, but mostly kind of dance music. And then around about 2012, I saw a video um, and it's the video that everyone's seen of Power of Stella's Cat Groove mm-hmm. with the green, horrible carpet and <laughs> and that just made me go right that's that's the kind of style I want to have a go at doing uh-huh. uh, and then yeah and that's how that's how I started getting into electro swing so thanks thanks Parov <laughs> yeah I know Parov has been like a, a big inspiration to like so many people including myself so so yeah so in 2012 um, you released the marvellous e- uh, single and before that I had a look on Spotify I did my homework <laughs> you released an EP called Come With Me um, which was kind of yeah. like more towards the electro and big room genres um, obviously mm. the marvellous one there was these, the vintage samples kind of started to um, come into play so is that kind of your first kind of transition from the big room 
him more into the electro swing? Was he kind of testing the water? I mean, how did that one come about? And he's kind of spoken about Power of Stella, but... Mm. Well, I guess my route into dance music was a little bit more um, unusual because, uh, you know, I grew up on, like, listening to, like, the Beatles and, like, ACDC and, like, kind of guitar bands. So when I was, like, started writing dance music, I was writing it with, like, uh, a guitar head on. You know, I was writing it, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I still call the drop the chorus. That was like, if you're, like, speaking to dance producers, that's, you know, uh, you know, oh, th- this is the verse. It's like, no, it's not. This is the breakdown. And I think what happened was with, um, when I was kind of writing those dance tunes, I was still like loving the organic instruments. So I was always trying to like put in like a sampled guitar or like a real bass, a real bass line. Um, so when, when I started like kind of using sampling, the whole electro swing thing kind of like almost like fitted perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I have actually got some other stuff that I think got taken down um, which I'd released before Come With Me. Uh, and that kind of maybe had more kind of hints as, as to how it would kind of pan out in terms of fusing with those with those yeah. vintage styles. That's cool. And how, I mean, obviously electro swing is such a broad genre. How would you just, mm. and every, kind of every producer brings something different, how would you describe your sound to people? Um, yeah, I guess, I mean... It is electro swing, isn't it? I know I know people don't like to pigeonhole themselves in genres, but it <laughs> yeah. is it is what it is, isn't it? It's electro swing, and I've I've been calling it electro swing, you know, for the last seven or eight years now. Yeah. So uh, I do like I mean I like the whole like vintage remix thing. Um, it broadens it out, and you know it's it's great. And I, I, I don't think it's good to get too bogged down in in what it's called. But I guess my sound is kind of. Uh, I always like the idea of like an element of surprise in music. Like I love yeah. listening to something for the, that kind of that feeling yet for the first time. And it happens much more in dance music than any other style, I think. Um, it's that kind of like that build up to what you think it's going to be. And then when the kind of the drop comes, it's like, wow, didn't expect that at <laughs> all. And I think what I like with whenever I'm trying to make music, I'm trying to make it so it has that kind of element of surprise. So I like the idea that it kind of takes you somewhere that maybe you weren't expecting or adds something that you weren't expecting. But also, I I love listening to like those old records from like the 20s and the 30s. Like, and I love the idea of like music like transporting you back in mm. time. And it's quite easy, isn't it, to take like an old sample from the 1920s and yeah. stick it on a drum beat and it sounds good straight away. It's not... It's quite. That's why it's quite a satisfying genre of music to make because yeah. it sounds good straight away. Yeah. But I think to really kind of like take it to the next level, like just kind of doing little things to to really take you back in time. Um, so I think my style is kind of like probably the heavier side of electro swing, but also like the idea that it's like that it's kind of got that escapism. I think mm. which which I'm kind of more leaning towards now yeah um telling more of a story that's cool yeah i think a lot of your tracks definitely do tell a story i mean obviously you've been uh, releasing electro swing for eight years now and you've had such an impressive string of hits but i just wanted to talk about um, the one that probably everybody talks about when they think of jamie berry uh, which of course is delight <laughs> which kind of kind of catapulted your career shall we say you racked up uh, millions and millions of streams across youtube and Spotify and got onto numerous TV ads. When you wrote that track with Octavia, did you get the feeling that that it was going to be a 
big hit and how did you feel obviously when you saw it just skyrocketing how did it make you feel with that massive success well thank you for such a lovely introduction <laughs> that wasn't that Jamie did not pay me to say that that came from me <laughs> um I, I look I know I never thought it was a hit like in fact the opposite um you know delight kind of has all the characteristics of like what you shouldn't do to make mm. a hit I mean I and I still and you call it a hit I, I still don't see it as a as a hit like uh, it's never had any like radio one play it's never been no. like you know in the charts mm. but then that's the weird thing about the music industry isn't it like you know the song like you said it's I think the last time I checked if you include it being used on YouTubers things like Slogo Man used it for his intro it's had like two and a half billion plays collectively mm-hmm. yet it's never been like on the radio yeah um so it's really strange but it's like kind of you know it's five and a half minutes long <laughs> and it's the intro is like a minute long so like you talk about uh, did i think it was a hit like no it's like i listen back after the master thinking oh god that intro takes like forever to actually <laughs> do something like it's such a long intro yeah i get you <laughs> um so and you know we re- i mean i remember recording the vocals um, I'd met Octavia on SoundCloud and uh, I invited her up from London to Leeds um, and I was living in like a shared accommodation at the time and when she got there I bought this like condenser mic off YouTube mm-hmm. off YouTube <laughs> off, um, <laughs> off eBay yeah. and uh, and like the the pops were like horrible and I was still like I guess I was still like learning like my craft and so I ended up getting like a coat hanger and borrowing my housemate's tights and making like a makeshift pop shield. And she was watching this the entire time. She must've been thinking like, who is this guy? Like, you know, inviting me all the way from, like, never met him before, like fondling with tights in a coat. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't feel like it was ever going to be, um, I mean, when you write a track like that, you, it's like, you never dream of it being, mm. I mean, how it became. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's still, you know, it's still kind of, getting traction. I mean, we only just recently did a, a big sync deal with Fiat, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it was in every, um, in every country in Europe and Africa, like that was, that was in January and it's insane. Like the song was released like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's, I feel like really kind of humbled by, you know, by, by the response to that mm-hmm. song. And, but- and I am eternally grateful for it because it, it was, it was the gateway, like you said, to mm-hmm. kind of opening the doors up. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting point what you say actually about how I obviously class it as a hit, but it never made it into charts. But I think mm. as you say, that kind of just shows how the music industry is going these days. It doesn't, I think, the charts, mm. although it's, you know, some artists, like, that's what they aspire to. Um, there's obviously the mm. underground scene and the dance music scene that, that isn't necessarily gauged by the charts. And it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yep. Um, I mean, what what do you think about that track? Was it that resonated with people? Do you think it was the lyrics in there? Or what, what do you think it was that people kind of latched onto? Not sure. It was like <laughs> a perfect storm. Um, I mean, it started off with a piano and it was actually um, a friend of mine at the time who was over and he told me he played jazz piano. Mm. I went, oh, quickly do something on the piano. Like, let me record you. And that was the first thing he did. And it, it, he was there for like three minutes. He just recorded that and he went, there you go, mate, cheers. And walked off. That's amazing. So, he started off. <laughs> so it, that was the piano. And then, um, and then my uh, manager at the time, his dad, uh, who wrote the brass parts, he wrote brass for like, he's like a music producer, like 40 years. Mm. He wrote music for film. So when he wrote the brass part, 
I think unintentionally he had his kind of film head on. So maybe that had something to do with why it was so successful with like the sync deals because mm -hmm. of that. He had that hook that was in there. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Octavia, you know, I think she was 17 when she when she recorded that. So she was like really young, wow. had never done anything like that before. And I think just the fact that none of us really knew what we were doing kind of ended up the innocence of it. I was about to maybe say, yeah, might you, have contributed you know. to the fact that. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I guess but you can never pinpoint it, can you? Like, it is, yeah. and it is the most simplest of ideas, which end up becoming like you know, it was it was not the most tra like traditional way of like writing mm -hmm. a song, but it it kind of it seemed to work. So. Absolutely. And um, this is possibly a hard question for you, um, but out of all the tracks you've released, which has been your favourite and why? Um, yeah, it's a hard question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm quite a fickle person mm -hmm. um, and I think my favourite track always seems to be the one I've just written. <laughs> um, like I would have to be happy if I didn't hear Delight now for a long time, um, yeah. you know. So uh, my favorite track at the moment is the one I've just finished uh, called Mockingbird. And it's like really different to anything I've ever done before. Mm. Um, it's like 78 BPM and I like, I'm really, really love it. But in about a month's time, I'll have got bored of that and then it'll be like, right, it's, it's you know, and if, you're, if your favourite track isn't the one you've just written, then I think there's an issue, isn't there? Like, you've got to be enjoying your most recent piece of work. So, yeah, but I, I kind of have I kind of have to pick Delight, don't I, really? Because well, that song's I don't know that I, I, I owe it, don't I? Like, I owe that song <laughs> something, it's, you know. Absolutely. But I, I can imagine you, as you say, I bet um, you do get sick of hearing it. I mean, I get, you get that with singers that get known for a certain track and then that's all they get booked to perform and they're like, oh, really? This one again? <laughs> it's like I've done so yeah, many Can I not play my new track? Exactly. Nah, mate, play that one. Yeah. Please, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that leads us on nicely, actually, to the fact that you um, have actually worked with quite a few um, vocalists. You've collaborated with uh, bands such as uh, Swing Growers and you've done remixes, people like Alice Francis. Who's been your favourite producer um, or band to work with and why? Um, I would say my, my favourite band that I've kind of worked with, and I say worked with in the sense that I've done uh, a few remixes for them, mm -hmm. has been uh, the Electric Swing Circus oh, because nice. they, um, apart from the fact they're just like a lovely bunch and Tom is just a legend isn't he within the yes. scene <laughs> he is that, a legend. when he's such a legend and when when you kind of get when you get a remix um they kind of when they break it down into the stems mm. it's really interesting because you get to kind of hear all the intricacies that make up the track mm -hmm. so i find it like it's quite an, and with electric swing circus what always kind of strikes me is just uh, the attention to detail in everything mm. and like you don't always necessarily hear it on like the first second or third take but when when you break it down into individual parts there's so many like beautiful little things going on uh, and I've always just had so much fun like remixing their tracks they, and the melodies and you know the vocals and everything's just always been like spot on so yeah I'd say they're they're kind of my favorite band to work with as in like kind of remix and stuff so yeah 
definitely a good shout on that one. I've got a lot of respect and admiration for the electric swing circus. And yeah, big ups mm. to Tom if you're listening. <laughs> um, and Ragtime as well, because Ragtime oh, yeah. have been, have, have also, I've never actually like released a song with them. Like, you know, mm. I've kind of worked with them through remixes, but they've yeah. always been like really good to me. Like kind of invited me to swing in a jig at the times and like kind of done stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah shout out to, to ragtime definitely big ups to ragtime echoes as well rich and and tom again um and is there anyone you've not yet worked with but would really love to um i think my favorite singer at the moment who i'm really desperate to work with is caro emerald um, oh, and i think nice. <laughs> looking kind of you know on the trajectory of of my career mm-hmm. i think I, I think she would be like the person who you know, when you just get in a studio with and you just feel like kind of a bit of a fanboy. I wouldn't be able to look her in the face, I don't think, for the first half an hour. So she'd be my, she'd be my, my next, my kind of dream electro swing collaboration at the moment. Absolutely. So. And would, would you want to like remix one of her tracks? Is it a particular track that you like or is it you want to kind of got um, original kind of stuff with that? No, original. I'd love to do an original track with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that it would be really good. Like, uh, like maybe kind of because um, she does a lot, like kind of one hundred BPM kind of stuff, yes. isn't she? So uh, kind of yeah, take I, like maybe like a, a kind of a peeping tom mixed with a that man kind of collaboration. Kind of I'm thing. loving awesome. the sound of that one. Let's let's make it happen, Electro Swing Community. Let's rally around to make it. Do you, she, do you reckon she's? Do you she'll listen to this? If she's listening, she to might this, do. Like, I mean, maybe we can send the show to mm. to her agent and let, let's make that one happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd like to kind of talk about um, clothing because I know, like, obviously with the Electro Swing scene uh, over the years, there's kind of been a lot of people that like to embrace the kind of 1920s dress code. Um, I was have not been stalking you, but I had a quickly sneaky look on obviously your press photos <laughs> over the years. This is a ridiculous question, by the way. <laughs> it's not. Question. It's not ridiculous. <laughs> um, so obviously, you used to wear flat caps and the braces, but it's interesting to see how your kind of style has evolved. Has that been um, as a kind of? Um, did you make that decision purposefully, or is it just kind of naturally kind of changed? Um, <laughs> uh, well, I guess. Um, okay, so when I first started DJing, uh, my manager at the time said to me, I said, look, you know, you can't just turn up to these gigs wearing like a t-shirt and jeans, you know, you're meant to be, you know, the main person, like you're meant to be an artist and exciting and you're doing like music from the 20s. So you yeah. need to kind of dress for the part. So my housemate bought me a trilby and I remember the first time I wore it to a gig in Battersea in London, I just felt like an absolute tit. Like I was walking around <laughs> thinking, I feel like, I feel like a knob. Like this is, this isn't me. Like, you know, when you do something, just like, this isn't yeah. me. Yeah, I get you. Um, so, and I'm from, I'm from a little town called Bourne in Lincolnshire, mm. originally. Um, it's where I grew up. So I thought, well, if I'm going to be kind of forced to kind of take part in this like vintage uh, dress code, I might as well wear something that's like original to me. So I ended up like buying a flat cap. And my friends at home, they do actually, they, they wear flat caps and stuff. So I thought, I'll wear a flat cap and like braces and stuff. And like, I quite enjoyed that. And like, when you go to gigs, like, you know, especially like in Europe, like Austria and Germany, like, mm. you need, you turn up, if you're not wearing vintage stuff, you look like the odd one. You <laughs> the know, odd every, one yeah. like, you all know, like, everyone's <laughs> dressed up. So it feels absolutely fine there. But when you turn up to a gig in like Luton, 
you know, like a rave or something, you yeah. jump in a flat cap. <laughs> it's not always a, it's not always a good look. So no. I kind of over time I ended up kind of realizing that actually, although like my style was you know electro swing, mm. didn't necessarily mean I had to turn up to like every gig dressed yeah. like like the, the photos and stuff and yeah it wasn't like a conscious effort it's not like we sat down in a board meeting and went right you know let's all a board meeting jeez it's not like i sat down and said like so i make myself sound like some big shot there like yeah. the board no, it's not, so it wasn't it wasn't like a yeah let's change the dress code because yeah. we don't want no. to like be associated with electro swing it was just over time i just i mean I, now and again like i'll, I'll put it on but it, I, I feel i like to just go comfortable and and you know just however yeah. i feel like dressing that day so no, that, that's a but really great. I mean, I love that's a great question. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You need to feel comfortable. Um, I mean, obviously, I DJ myself, and when I first started off with electro swing, I was like, yeah, flapper dresses, woo, like, you know, really throw myself in there. Mm. But I don't do dresses, and I didn't feel comfortable. And it, you, it shows if you don't feel comfortable. So I think it's just finding something that's true to yourself. And I think that's that's really important. So, so yeah, so sorry yeah. for putting you on the spot there with that question. But I think a lot of people will be interested in to hear the answer um so let's talk about uh, 2020 because i know we've spoken about uh, where it all began but um, right up to the here and now um it's been a busy year for you already um you've released uh, an official remix you've had a single out and an ep uh, and away from music you've recently become a dad so i'd like to know how do you juggle everything because you've got your job as a music teacher um, the production the dj and being a parent that's a lot going on <laughs> yeah oh it's um it is chaotic at times uh, and you know anyone who's kind of in education will know that you know being a teacher is not one of those jobs that you can just kind of do mm. on the side no. um, <laughs> you know it's um it's all encompassing at times and it's uh but do you know what what it's kind of taught me is um is that i'm still just as productive now as i was when i was a bachelor living on my own because you just end up working smarter mm. and working differently Mm -hmm. So when, you know, back in the day where I might have had, you know, 40 hours a week to kind of sit at a computer and like make songs, mm -hmm. you know, now I might only have like 10. Uh -huh. But when I'm kind of, when I have that time, I'm like super prepared. So I kind of have a plan of what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I, I have like, I set myself goals for like, you know, every like six months of what I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I'm like super organized and I don't kind of sit in there and like listen to stuff on loop over and over again, which, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a producer yourself, you'll understand that yeah. you can waste a lot of time just getting stuck in the loop. So I really kind of like have forced myself to, and it's amazing how quickly you can finish pieces of music. I know it's not about like, it's not about how quick you can finish no. a piece of music, but it's amazing. It doesn't affect the quality. You mm -hmm. just don't get stuck in that kind of, bad habits of listening to stuff on the loop constantly yeah i think that's a great point actually be more focused because you know having having the time doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more done so i think that's really great because i know there will be people watching this who were either look at like wondering like how people who are producers in the music industry juggle kind of family life so that's uh, good to know that it is possible <laughs> um yeah. so i think that leads us on quite well to speak obviously about the big thing that's been on um, a lot of people's um agendas this year is obviously the coronavirus lockdown mm. none of us expected to be in this situation uh, but i'd be just interested to see like how it's affected you have you had more time to focus on your music just tell us a little bit about like you know what's been going on for James Barry. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's obviously um, had a profound impact on 
on kind of the, the the live event side of things. So like everyone else, I've kind of lost every gig that I had booked for this yeah. year. But that's, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Um, but it's been, then on the flip side, I've been able to write more music than I've written in a long time. And I've had more time to kind of work on stuff uh, and really try and think carefully about my next steps in terms mm-hmm. of what I want to release, what kind of, how am I going to evolve my sound and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Things that maybe I wouldn't have had time to do if I was gigging every weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think I'm just, I think the most important thing is try and take take positives out of what is a pretty, you know, awful situation. Yeah. Uh, for, but I think, I think it's, there's, there's been there's been a lot of positives a lot of positives yeah I tend to agree um, I think um, yeah I think it, but I think that's the thing to do with every situation it's how you handle isn't it and you can turn a negative mm. into a positive with a good mental attitude um, and do you think it will have the coronavirus kind of thing is going to have a lasting effect on the music industry how do you kind of see things panning out oh, I have no idea I have absolutely no idea <laughs> um, I, mean, I love that <laughs> Yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't even want to like put money on it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm wishful thinking. I like to think that in a couple of years' time, you know, we'll be sat in a beer garden or something yeah. and saying, oh, do, you that, do you remember that pandemic year? That was crazy. But then <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, mm. longer lasting than that. I really, I really hope not, but yeah. um, we'll see what happens. But I... I, I no idea. No, no it's, idea. it's impossible to say, but I mean, good news for Jamie Bray fans in a way because it means we get more music, so hooray. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Um, so you've been around the world um, playing uh, gigs in, in so many countries, um, which is obviously a, a perk of, of the job. Um, out of all the countries and cities that you played in, which was your favourite and why? Mm, uh, which was my favourite? Well, um, I... I planned to take um, my wife and my daughter to Munich mm. uh, in Easter, and we had to like cancel, oh. obviously. But um, and the reason why I wanted to take them there was because it was I told them it was my favourite place that I played um, when I was like uh, DJing in Europe a lot, mm. and uh, and uh, Munich particularly. I don't know, just I I just love that city. Mm. Um, there's something about it. I think it also helped that um, there's a guy called uh, Joseph who's booked me a lot in Germany. Mm-hmm. He's now a really good friend of mine. Um, I was actually going to go out and stay with him uh, uh, and his family. And he like really made me feel welcome. You know, I stayed at his house when I played in Munich mm-hmm. and he like, you know, the whole weekend he like looked after me, took me to like the best places to eat, like took me to all like the hotspots and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably had a, a big impact. But then also I can't, I can't not mention. Uh, I think Byron Bay in Australia oh, okay. um, is just the most beautiful place. Mm. It, it's just it's crazy. Um, and I, I played in like it's called the Beach House Hotel mm-hmm. uh, on the seafront. And yeah, that that I mean, I, I I've got a family um, who live just outside Byron Bay, and um, so I'd been there before when I was. I think I was like in my late teens. I travelled to Australia, but that. Um, but going back again, it's just anyone. Anyone who's been to Byron Bay will know it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Nice, that's cool. Um, and kind of like linking into the kind of like favourite cities. Um, what's been your favourite show to play, like gig festival? Yeah, I guess 
it won't come to any surprise to anyone who's been the the, the gig that kind of sticks in my memory has got to be Boomtown. I heard you were going to say that, yeah. Good. I know, if I feel since I cop out answering it, the first time no, I was no, at Boomtown. I, I, yeah. <laughs> never like, um, and did you played there a couple of years ago? Last year last I played, year? yeah, with Alana Lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think what took me like by surprise, not the festival itself is incredible, like immersive and like, like absolutely huge and vast and, um, and like the most amazing artists play there. But what really struck me was before I went on stage, they had like a compare who was like, kind of like introducing each act. Mm. And they just had like a string of like amazing, I think I came on after tape five. Oh um, wow. <laughs> but they had like a, a string of like amazing acts, like Electric Swing Circus, tape five, like, like just loads of bands. And then I was like the first DJ on. So I was thinking, oh God, you know, when you walk on on your own with a laptop and a controller, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and then suddenly you've had like a nine piece swing band play. Yeah. It kind of, you feel like a bit <laughs> like, oh, uh, it's not yeah. very exciting. No. <laughs> but like the guy like really, really like built it up. He was like, hey, we have all the way from Leeds. We've got, and um, when I came on stage, like just the reception from, I've never heard anything like it. The reception yeah, from the crowd was just insane. And I think that's what makes it. It's like, not sound cliche or like corny or anything, but it, it is the people that go there. Like they yeah. just, it just, they whip up a frenzy and they just seem to get like, they get just the most amazing atmosphere. So um, yeah, Boomtown definitely was probably my favorite gig yeah, I've ever done. Absolutely, that was really cool. Yeah, definitely the people like gigs have a, have a big part to play in it. Um, and is there anywhere that you haven't yet played, but if you got the chance to, you'd, you'd want to? Yeah, I'd love to do Glastonbury. Nice. <laughs> Um, just for my dad, really. I think he would, uh, <laughs> he would, he would love that. Um, and just because it's just the you know best festival in the world, yeah, isn't it? Like he, he wouldn't want to play. Like he, he wouldn't want to be walking on the same grass as like Paul McCartney exactly. and you know Adele. And I don't know why I said Adele. <laughs> oh no, she, she's God bless she's her, Adele. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's a, she's a good singer. To be just fair. like. Super, superstars of the exactly. music, like the biggest people in the music industry, like all in like, you know, but I think that would be, that'd be a yeah, great place to play. Yeah. For sure, definitely the cool one. Um, and obviously you have played some pretty big gigs. Do you do you get nervous before you go on stage? And if, if, you do, if so, how do you deal with the nerves? Um, I, I used to get really nervous, not so much now nerves, more kind of just anticipation, uh, just get a bit like fidgety. Hmm. But. I guess I was, yeah, I guess the, the, the nerves come from is, is my, is my equipment going to work? I think that's my yes. biggest nerve. Once, <laughs> once I, I maybe have the same thing. Once I realized that the sound coming out of the, the speakers, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like my anxiety reduces like tenfold and then I can just kind of get on with it. But, um, I hate the waiting. I really hate waiting. Like I hate being backstage and like yeah. just sat there waiting to play. <laughs> um, but when I first started playing, I used to find it quite nerve wracking. And I think like, I remember my friend came to watch me and he was like, yeah, you're really good, but you never once looked up like the entire time, like two yeah. hours, I was just uh. like glued to my laptop. Um, but it's just something you get used to. Like, I mean, I used to be terrified of public speaking and then, you know, now I've been a teacher for yeah. you know seven years, you know, I can stand up in front of, you know, a hundred people and talk for an hour. And I, I never would have been able to do that. No. You know, So it's just, kind of the more times you do it you become desensitized and exactly. you become more confident so yeah it's over time isn't it 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like obviously talking about when you first started out, that kind of leads quite nicely into talking about um, the kind of new producers that and bands are coming through in the electro swing scene this year. There's, it's been a really good year for music, I think. It seems to have kind of, seems to be on the up. There's a lot of stuff being released. Um, and this may be hard, and sorry to put you on the spot, but you can only pick one person, uh, band, artist, singer, whoever. Who's your one to watch for 2020? Well, because I've not been gigging much, I've not really been on the hunt for like new stuff. Obviously, like I right. do like kind of, I do kind of watch and see like stuff that's coming, but I haven't been as kind of active. Uh, but I guess, and it maybe it's like it's it's probably quite patronising to say they're up and coming because they're they're like super established. Mm. But I think that like obviously like Dutty Moon Shine, big band is a one to kind of yeah. to, to watch. Uh, because they they seem to be like I mean Mike seems to be on absolute mission to take on the world doesn't he <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. he's, he's doing a pretty pretty good job of it so far he, he's on so yeah I actually mean Sean yeah, yeah I, no he is yeah he's like a dog with a bone yeah, I think he, he really uh, is I think hmm. yeah yeah those guys those guys are uh, I think their sound and what they're trying to do um, is like. Is, is spot on and it's exciting and I think that's that's kind of what the scene needs really more of that 100% it's interesting you picked Dutty Moon Shine actually, big band actually because Barton Baker picked them as well so <laughs> oh did they? Oh, wow. yes they yeah, did so. so big ups to Mike we all uh, we're 100% behind you yeah I think it's really positive for the scene Mike deserves it as well he's an absolute workhorse so yeah big ups yeah he is yeah. Uh, um, and what advice could you give to um, any aspiring um, DJs and producers that might be listening to the show it's funny you ask that because um, my brother also kind of makes music um, he doesn't like tend to release it and the reason he doesn't release it is he never finishes his tracks mm. and it's the same advice that I give to everyone it's like just make sure you finish your music because you go through that like as a producer yourself you'll go through that kind of you know a new idea oh it's really exciting yeah. you have that kind of moment of like wow this is like you know I'm onto something great here and then you get tired of it and then before you know it you just go ah oh, I'll move on to the next thing so yeah. Yeah, my advice would be just to like make sure you just just finish stuff and because then at least even if you don't do anything with it at least you've got like something to show like no one likes listening to like <laughs> un- unfinished tracks um and yeah and just and try and try and make try and make original stuff like you know take take your own you know influences you know i think i think it's better when people start making music where they haven't really been involved in that scene yeah you know, and it's more exciting like i'd love to hear electro swing written by a guy who's been in a heavy metal band or by a girl who's been in like i don't know african drumming because they'd probably bring some like really cool ideas whereas if you listen to electro swing by someone who's just made tech house their entire life <laughs> you kind of know what you, you know what you're going to get don't you so yeah. i think yeah try and make something original make it interesting and and put your own stamp on it yeah that's really great advice i think it, it's um sometimes it's quite nerve-wracking when producers start out and you want to be different but you kind of want people to accept mm. your music as well at the same time but i think it's all just got to be kind of brave mm. and putting yourself out there so yeah, yeah exactly yeah. good advice um now we all want to know i want to know and i know a lot of people will be listening want to know what does the future hold for jamie berry what can we expect from you the coming months and years um well i don't like to plan too far ahead because 
<laughs> as yeah. this year has shown, you never know what's what's kind of coming around yeah. the corner. But um, well, I've got I've, this is a great opportunity, and thank you for for, for bringing it up. It's my new EP, um, which is going to be I think is going to be released early to mid September. Mm-hmm. I haven't got an exact date for it yet. Um, possibly the fourth. Possibly the fourth of September. Uh, it's a five track EP. And um, and I'm really excited because there are there are a couple of tracks on there which I think are completely different mm. to anything I've done before, like completely different. So I'm excited to kind of to kind of put something kind of fresh out there. Uh, I'm going to be working on another single um, before the end of the year, so you'll probably get another couple of releases out of me before before 2021. And then next year, I'm just going to be hounding Carol Emerald from every angle. <laughs> she agrees yeah. to do a collaboration with me. Amazing. And is the EP and the singles that coming out on Flat Records? Uh, no, they're going to be, uh, I'm releasing them independently. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Great. And yeah. Why, why, do you, why have you kind of switched to the kind of self releasing? Um, it's, I guess it was, it was part of me just wanted to like, understand the process a bit more because um what i realized is that you know when you're writing the music and you uh, and you're working with other people you kind of send it off and then the artwork suddenly appears out of nowhere and then you get some masters in your email and then and then you get told kind of when it's going to be released and that's and i loved that for a long period of time but now i actually really love being like a part of like creating the artwork I think yeah. that's so important um, to having you know a kind of a rounded mm-hmm. you know a rounded uh, piece of work and just just having a bit more like control um, over stuff and you know setting my own kind of deadlines not yeah. being kind of um, stuck with other people's um, deadlines and stuff so mm-hmm. so yeah I mean I, I I'm not kind of saying I'll be in, releasing stuff independently forever mm-hmm. uh, but just just at the moment it, it, uh, I, i'm i'm really enjoying it and just kind of doing my own thing that's cool i think i've spotted quite a few um not just in the electro sing scene but kind of like the wider music um, industry that quite a lot of producers mm. seem to go down the self-release route um what just say so just kind of linking it back to electro swing what do you think the future holds for our scene um do you see it growing Have see it changing is it naturally going to evolve what what what's your kind of like opinion well interestingly when i'm i think it must have been i think 2013 and i'd uh there's a guy in germany who was really um he kind of was like a big player in the electro swing scene <laughs> and i sent him my ep grandiose uh, to listen to mm-hmm. for some feedback and he came back to me he was like oh yeah it's good it's really good he went it's just a shame that you know electro swing probably isn't going to be about in like the next you know 18 months a couple <laughs> of years time I'm like, what do you mean he went well he went jamie berry i've been in the scene for a long time mate and i'm telling you now that, you know it, it's on a decline i don't think there's going to be any more electro swing coming out after like you know <laughs> So it really kind of put me in a bit of a dark place about it. And oh, I was thinking, oh no, that's, that, you know, that's, he's, this guy's basically just shattered the electro swing dream. <laughs> and then here we are in 2020. And, yeah. you know, like you said, there's, there's more stuff being pumped out than ever before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like, it's not grown to the point where it's, 
crazy big you know there's still yeah. like you know i bet if we showed 10 people electro swing only probably one of them would be able to tell you what yeah. genre it was but like subconsciously i think a lot of people have heard of it because it's being used so widely on like tv and radio and stuff mm. so i think i think it's it's still got it's still got a future but it relies on it relies on people like you and me and like Dutchy Moonshine and all yeah. these other like producers and artists to, to make stuff that's exciting. I think if we keep on putting out the same kind of style mm. all the time, then we give the wrong impression of what the genre is. And that's, yeah. and I think the one person, one band I wanted to mention, which I haven't, who I think are the most important to the scene, hands down a Caravan Palace. Mm. And I think, and I think even over Power of Stella, I think Caravan Palace, they are the most forward-thinking electro swing artists yeah. out there. And if you and all you need to do is listen to their last album to hear a sound that's kind of linked in with this scene, which we've never heard before. Like they're taking it, they're taking it again to another level. Yeah. And as long as people like that are making music that's exciting, that's original, uh, that's innovative, then yeah. the scene will be fine. It'll keep going. The only the only time I'll get worried is if is if it all becomes just one sound and people will just get bored of it so um, yeah that's it that's cool yeah good shout on caravan palace as well i know that their latest album was was quite different i have to say listen to it and i was like Ooh. this this is yeah this is a bit of a, a bit of a change but i think it's cool because even people listening to the new album that will then link them back to the older stuff and then it'll get people you know kind of like investigating mm. what's out there so yeah um, yeah absolutely Okay, so we have got some questions for you um, from the Prohibition listeners and also uh, the Electro Swing Facebook community group. Um, so this first one is from Steve Ashcroft. Um, he'd like to know what you are listening to at the moment and who is your favourite artist. It doesn't have to be from Electro Swing, just whatever's on your, um, your playlist at the moment. Um, so... I, I, I mentioned that I used to like kind of play in bands and stuff. So I'm at heart, I'm a massive like indie boy. Like I love like my indie music and you being from Manchester, you yeah. surely must kind of love an indie band. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been like really, really loving like just like some indie classics at the moment. I've been listening to like The Strokes, like Room on Fire, nice. like Maximo Park, um, a band from Sheffield called, called Milburn who were like awesome. So just been really enjoying like um, in the summer, I always seem to end up listening to like those of like um, indie music and stuff. So like guitar band stuff. <laughs> so I know that's kind of probably, or maybe it's not a surprise at all, but uh, it's, um, it's, it's just so good to kind of have a break from, you know, if, yeah, <laughs> if I was spent all my time listening to swing music, electric <laughs> swing outside of making it, I think it'd be, I don't think it'd be good no. um, for kind of working. So yeah, I try and like, you know, take a break and Absolutely. listen to other stuff. So. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, the strokes, man. The strokes are a good thing. Yeah, there are, I do have a soft spot for the classic indie, like Britpop's my mm. kind of favourite. <laughs> the kind of like slightly cheesy bubblegum indie. It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, excuse me. So I've got a question for you from Chris Skrinsky. Um, aka Nanook. What music? No, you did actually speak about this earlier on in the interview, so sorry to kind of like duplicate mm. um, your answer. But what music did your it's parents listen to? Um, and what did you listen to when you were growing up? Do you think this has influenced the music you write? Yeah, I mean, 
I, it's it is strange. Like when I kind of I had to, I rang at my granddad's a couple of years ago, and I was like, when I was like kind of trying to look for you know samples of stuff that people have never might have not heard of before, mm. a bit more obscure, and and I had to ring him up and say, look, can you give me a list of like you know singers or like bands or orchestras from the twenties that you think that might be a bit obscure? And he like sent me all this like sheet music, and it's just just amazing like you know the fact that when i was like four years old he would sit and sing to me like uh, all these old swing songs that's so cute and now i'm like and now i'm dressing up in a flat cap and braces uh, and playing like remixes of his like favorite songs and ruining them this <laughs> <laughs> um, boom boom music <laughs> yeah he's like what have you done to that Jamie? that <laughs> yeah. sounds horrific <laughs> uh, no that, that's um, really will play <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's um he's he's been a big inspiration. But yeah, my dad was like he's uh he was a guitarist and he used to play in a band and stuff. So he he loves like ACDC. Like you ever heard of Ramstein, the German metal band? I haven't. No, I'm not really big up. He had like a weird obsession with them. <laughs> they're they're really like obscure like heavy metal. Right. Uh, <laughs> I grew a lot on the Beatles. Nice. Um, like Queen and stuff like that. So uh, I think quite yeah maybe quite a. a a variety of, uh, yeah, of music, but no, but not really any dance music. Not really no. any dance music when I was when I was younger, which is um, which is strange. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um. And final fun question. This is from Syed. Obviously, this question isn't really relevant at the moment due to coronavirus because nobody can play any gigs. But <laughs> let's imagine there wasn't any coronavirus. Um. Syed would like to know why don't you do more international tours considering you you're famous worldwide. So Syed lives lives in Canada. So I think he's probably hinting as when are you going to come and play in Canada? Well, I mean, famous worldwide sounds like. I, I I wouldn't agree with that, but he, um, you know, he makes a good point. I, I I would love to do more international tours, and if he has any contacts with any booking agents who want to book an international tour, then happy days. Obviously, you know, I can't just get up and go to Australia for two months like I did, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, and just uh, leave my eighteen month your uh, eighteen month daughter and wife at home. But mm-hmm. I. I, I definitely am still, you know, still DJing. I'm putting out new music, which I want to play live and, and yeah. play to people. So, yeah, watch this space. I'll de- I mean, I had, like I said, I had a whole bunch of gigs booked for this year, mm-hmm. ready to go, um, which which got cancelled. Um, but, you know, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll be back in Germany and whatnot yeah. very soon, hopefully. Fingers Amazing. Well. There you go. Watch this space. Okay, so finally, we just this is what we always finish our interviews off with. So it's, it's a bit of a silly one. It's just a quick fire round. Um, so beer or wine? Beer. <laughs> I love that straight in there, beer. <laughs> uh, shoes or trainers? Trainers. Yes. Unless I'm wearing a flat cap and braces. Oh, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, uh, I, I shake things up if I wear a flat cap and braces. I'll wear Converse <laughs> with skinny jeans with it. That is, that is mad. That is mad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> uh, swing or jazz? Uh, swing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was only going to be one answer with that one, wasn't there? <laughs> um, on your nights off, do you stay in or do you go out? Uh, oh, I love staying in. Gotta love staying in now. Yeah. I'm 32. I'm too old for like going out and 
no. seeing people. I think, it, I think it's a case of being a DJ though, isn't it, as well? You you, you play that, that many gigs, it's like when you've got a night off, you want to you stay in and watch a bit of Netflix, you know, <laughs> going Absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, the final question, what three things do you always take to a gig? Um, laptop, headphones, <laughs> sandwiches. Always a sandwich <laughs> sandwiches, I love that. <laughs> you never know when you're going to turn up and no one's put a spread on. Um, <laughs> And I need a bit. I need a good bite to eat before I play. So yeah, good sandwich. That's brilliant. And what, what's on Jamie Berry's sandwiches? What, what's she? What's she sandwich flavour? I like. I just like a classic, like BLT, good BLT. Um, <laughs> if I can treat myself to any, like a nice, you know, if I'm feeling like really like decadent, like a Waitrose or an M&S sandwich, just anything on that is like yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm so rubbish at preparing for gigs. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm usually the one in Tesco buying a meal deal 15 minutes before I've got to go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> you got to eat. I know exactly. Yeah, like I've people, got to eat. It's, it's important. People think DJs are like just people who press play on a laptop, but it's still hard work. You've got to like, you know, you've got to have <laughs> some sustenance. <laughs> Uh, that's brilliant. Well, that that's that's all um, uh, we've got time for. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak to Prohibition. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, no it's been please. great. It's been great talking to you. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of all the stuff you're doing. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Prohibition Radio. Oh, thank you very much to Jamie. I'm still smiling from that interview. I had such a good time. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, it was absolutely awesome to speak to you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and don't forget, if you are over on Spotify and you'd like to listen to Jamie's mix, then get yourself over to YouTube or Mixcloud forward slash Prohibition MCR. I've been Emma Claire and I should be back with you in October uh, for another exclusive interview. Hey buddy, do you like to swing? Come with me. You're listening to Emma Claire, the best of all things, swinging that prohibition radio.